from above. Hallelujah. Part 8. We're talking about examples of these seven laws, seven principles from above. And our verse is Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Colossians 3, 1 through 3, Paul says, If you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind upon things above, not on things of the earth, for you have died, but your life is hidden with Christ in God. So a quick review of these seven truths from above. Number one, reality begins with a person, not an environment, not a place, not a situation. Number two, live your life from above. Number three, to live above, you must learn above. Last week, we talked about the cross and the principle of the cross. Number four, stay single-minded in order to stay above. Number five, from above, you overcome unsolvable problems. Six, you must speak the language of above. Number seven, the love from above conquers doubt. So today we're going to look at example number four. Stay single-minded in order to stay above. Uh, God requires a single mind. If you're going to operate from above, you must be single-minded. In fact, he began laying that principle out way back at the beginning of the Old Testament when he ordered Moses to direct his people saying, you shall be above only you shall not be beneath. Did you notice that that's not a goal? It's a command. The Lord isn't saying, I want you to shoot for this. He's saying, you will be above. I do not permit you to be beneath. Hallelujah. I love it when I find that God commands us because as my wife always reminds me, that if God commands you to do something, that means he's already installed in you the power, the authority, and the ability to do. If you want to know what can I do in God, find his commands. Whatever he's commanded you, you can claim that. That's God's orders for you, praise the Lord. So the Lord's commanded us, be above only, do not be beneath. So the will of God regarding his desire for you to live above is consistent, it's clear, it's unambiguous. Colossians 1.27 says it like this. God wanted his people throughout the world to know the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ living in you and giving you the hope of his glory. So notice that the declaration is unambiguous, it's consistent, it's clear. God wants all of you out in the world to know the riches of what was previously a mystery, but is now revealed, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's the status that God's commanded for your life? That Jesus, the triumphant one, lives and reigns in you. Stay above, you are not permitted to step out from above. Stay above. Stay in victory. So let me put it to you like this. Jesus lives in you as a triumph. He doesn't live in you as a, as a, a social worker. He doesn't live in you as um, a suggestion giver. He lives in you as the risen, triumphant Christ. So he lives in you as 
his triumph over the world and its devil. Praise the Lord. If you want to commune with him, you're going to need to think triumphantly because that's how he thinks. That's how he operates. Praise the Lord. His will for you is always triumph over sin, oppression, failure, and dysfunction. It's never an option for anything else. Always victory over those things. That's where the command and that's where the power to fulfill it lies. You must think triumphantly if Jesus is going to be involved in your thoughts. So God's response to trials and tragedies is what? Always rebound and resurrection. That is his standing order. Trials and tragedies, you can't stop them from coming. And some trials seem to last a long time. In fact, you were born, some of you were born with your trials. Some of you were born with bodies that create trials for you. Some of you were born with brains that create trials for you. Some of you were born with emotions that create trials for you. Some of you were raised in environments that impacted you in such a way that they, they constantly try to push and oftentimes successfully you into tragedies. The will of God is not that you never go through trials or don't experience tragedies. But God's will is that his answer to trials and tragedies is always rebound and resurrect. You can't help but get knocked down. The Lord says you're not permitted to stay down. 2 Corinthians 2.14, But thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ. Did you catch that? He always leads us. It doesn't matter where you're at. You think, oh my gosh, right. things are so difficult, it's so hard. And, and, uh, but what's God's answer? God's answer is he leads you in the triumph of Jesus. Maybe we can't triumph, but Jesus did triumph. And when we stay above-minded and triumphant-minded, we leave the door open for Jesus to come help. Praise God, if we would leave the door open in our minds by staying consistently single-minded on above, maybe the helper, the Holy Spirit, would come and bring help more often. Hallelujah. But sometimes there's no room for the helper because we're too busy with a pity party. We're too busy crying and breaking down. We're too busy considering the opinions of the world and listening to the lies of the devil. Why does the devil kick at your front door? Why does he attack your body? Because he wants to change your mind. Satan's not after your kidneys. Satan's after your brains. Satan's not after the pain in your lower back. Satan is after the pain that is in your head. He wants at those thoughts. Don't let him have them. Somebody say praise the Lord. He always leads us in his triumph in Christ. So that's always where I'm being led. That's always where God's leading me. You don't need to look at a great overcoming Christian and say, oh, you know, they're just powerful in God. They just, they're always, no, no. The always doesn't come from us. The always comes from him. He put the always in me. I get to choose every time I am in a turnstile facing disruption, facing discontentment, facing troubles in my life. I am always there, and there's one choice that's the right choice. 
always go with the triumph in Jesus. Can you say amen? So when you're single-minded about your position from above, there's a fighting faith flowing in you from the Holy Spirit. Have you ever noticed that when the Spirit of God moves in you, He always moves with a fighting faith? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. He's never anything less than that. There's a fighting faith. And I want you to say that with me. There's a fighting faith. The Holy Spirit is speaking it in me. So there's a fighting faith flowing through you from the Holy Spirit when you're single-minded about above. And you know what? It never leads you to settle for defeat in your trials, but only forward, only forward in Jesus. So there's always the pressure to settle for defeat in your trials. As I said before, you can't help trials. You can't prevent trials from coming. Ken Hagen used to say years ago about thoughts and, and the thoughts of the enemy bombarding our mind. He said, you, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from nesting in your hair. Which is what Jesus meant when he said, take no thought, saying, I can't help sometimes the thoughts my crazy mind comes up with. My mind is a little bit maniacal, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I have a kind of a bent sense of humor and a bit of a maniacal personality. And that's just what I was born with. I, I've got to deal with that. But the one thing I do know, the one thing I do know, praise the Lord, is that thoughts flow across my mind. And I don't know if you're like me. I wake up with thoughts already there flowing. I wake up with songs in my head. And, and it's usually not, he set me free, oh, he set me free. Glory to God. The victory of me. So it's often a, some dumb commercial, some song from my past flowing, and, and it's sticking to me like super glue. Well, I can't prevent those thoughts from flying through my head, but Jesus says I don't have to take them. Amen. Don't condemn yourself for having thoughts. Stop yourself from taking them. You say, well, if they're there, I've already taken them. No, you haven't taken them until they come out your mouth. Take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. So what do I need to do? I need to take the thoughts from above, and I need to say those. Why? Because my tongue gives power to the authority of those thoughts. Those thoughts have authority that are like eggs waiting to be fertilized. Your tongue provides the fertilizer. Your tongue gives birth to those thoughts. Take no thought saying. What shall we eat? What shall we wear? Jesus said, your father knows you have need of all. See, what's he doing? He's trying to change your thoughts. He's saying, when those thoughts fly over your head, wait a minute, God has a better thought. Take that instead. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2.9. You know, the Bible is filled with thoughts from above. Here's a great one. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchase, special people, so that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and you may display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the next time the enemy comes wandering around or starts beating on your front door and demanding that you fall down, demanding that you give up, demanding that you embrace 
the suck, as they say. Just remember, God has ordered you to show forth his wonderful deeds. What's above say? Above says that you may show forth the wonderful deeds, that you may set forth the virtues. God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So when you're single-minded from above, the Holy Spirit is always reinforcing that thought in you that you're an overcomer. Whatever's going on in your mind, there is one voice among the many that's saying, you're an overcomer. You're an, that's the Holy Spirit. You're an overcomer. Whatever the devil says, you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Praise the Lord. He says that you can stand. This is the Spirit of God speaking in. You can stand in your victory over the devil, and you can keep everything God's given you. You don't have to surrender anything God's given you. Whatever Jesus gave you, you don't have to give it up. Keep it. You say, yeah, but what if I make a mistake? What if I sin? What if I become lazy? What? Well, you could lose temporarily the benefit, but you don't have to give it up. You don't ever have to give. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Whatever Jesus has given you, don't surrender it because you don't have to. Don't give it up. There is no devil big enough to take it from you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In fact, Jesus said it like this in John 10 and 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So when I'm in the midst of my situation, what's above saying? You have life and you have it more abundantly. You have it. Jesus isn't in you trying to teach you life. He's in you giving you life, being life in you. You know, before, when I first got saved, I never opened a Bible in my life, but the very second, the very moment I got saved, I had the victory. I had the blessings that I didn't even know about. It took me a long time to learn what the Bible had, because I had never opened, and I'm not, this is not rhetorical, I literally had never opened a Bible in my life before I became a Christian. Never cracked the book once. So it took a bit of time, but I had the victory. And you know what? I had the knowledge of the victory. The night I gave my life to Jesus alone in my bedroom, the Holy Spirit came in. And with it, I was intuitively filled with the fact God loved me. I had victory, and the Lord was working in my life. I didn't know any of the promises, but I knew the sum of them. Hallelujah. And I knew that I did not have to bend in defeat to life any longer. Glory to God. I have come, Jesus said, that they might have life and abundantly have that life. Praise the Lord. And that's not something I just have to learn about. That's something he gives me in the Holy Spirit. So when, when you're reborn from above, God puts his love in you. And you know what? God's love, like faith, is a fighting love. It's not a passive love. God's love is a fighting love, and his love will refuse to allow the world to defeat you. When God's love is moving in you, it won't let you off the hook when it comes to victory. You cannot concede to the devil. The love of God won't put up with it. The love of God, I said, won't tolerate it. Hallelujah. In fact, 1 John 5, 3-4 says, To love God means that we obey his commands. Obeying his commands isn't difficult because everyone who's been born from above has won the victory over the world. Woo, glory to God. 
How, did you hear that? This is what love is, that you keep his commands. And it's not difficult. You can keep his commands because you've been born from above, and every one of you born from above overcomes the world. So what are the commands that God wants me to keep? What are the commands the Bible says that I must keep because I'm born of God? Because whatever they are, love says, I am here to make sure that you keep these commands because you are born from above. His commands, uh, the commands that God's love speaks in us and speaks to us are, don't let the devil knock you down. Command. Don't let the devil knock you down. No, another command. If you do fall down, my command for you is jump back up. If you fall down, jump back up. You're not ended just because you fell down. It's not over just because you fell down. If the devil knocks you down, don't stay down. You are not allowed to stay dead. There's another command. When you feel dead, you've had it. Straw that broke the camel's back. Finally, UPS delivered it. You opened the package. That was it. Straw that broke the camel's back. I'm done. I've had it. I'm out of here. The Bible says, love says you're not allowed to stay dead. Come back to life. Reset your mind above. Reset. Focus on above. Above life only. Love only. You are not permitted to defeat. I have ordered resurrection for you. I have ordered life for you, the Lord says. So if you're going to set your attitude and set your mind on above, here are the thoughts from above that you should be speaking to yourself. I refuse to give up anything that Jesus has given me. I don't concede defeat because of any loss. Sometimes I lose. Sometimes I lose because of my own stupidity. Sometimes I lose because of my own ignorance. Sometimes my own disobedience produces loss. I am still ordered, I am still ordered to not be defeated. When my dad would tell me not to do something, he said, if you do something, you are going to be restricted. If you do something, I'm going to paddle you or whatever it might be. And I'd run out. No sooner had he told me, I'd run out and I would do that thing. But never once did my dad order defeat for me. That's my earthly dad. Never once did my dad want me to be defeated. Corrected? Yes. Would I pay a price? Probably. But I was never defeated. When I came into the world, my mother and father wanted me to live a victorious life. They wanted victory for me. And by the way, that, it breaks my heart to know that some of you were raised by parents that wanted defeat for you, that didn't want victory for you. And that is why so many people in the world today struggle when they come to Jesus because they've now been handed over to a Heavenly Father who absolutely refuses to allow you to be defeated. His love has no defeat in it for you. He has prescribed only good things for you. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, plans for life and prosperity to give you victory in your life. And I know that you struggle with that, but hallelujah, we have the testimony and he has sent his spirit. He himself, who said those things, went to the cross, laid down his life to remove the claims of sin and Satan 
over your life. So while you may be experiencing those things in the natural, know that the Lord has removed the authority of the claims of death over your life. Death no longer has authority or power over you. Your confession should be, I will not be distracted or diverted. If I am, I'm going to turn back and focus. I'm going to stay. See, staying single-minded means that the devil can't get me permanently off the mark. He can't take my focus. Are you listening? Hallelujah. How many of you are in shooters? How many of you into shooting? Have any experience shooting? Yeah, you know that the, the, goal, the goal is not to absolutely keep those sights on the target. It's to recover, to recover that target because there's no way you can shoot and not move. So you have to know how to stay calm and constantly recover that target. That's the goal in life. We get knocked off. Our focus gets knocked off. It happens. But the Lord has commanded rebound for you. Hallelujah. Recover. Hallelujah. That focus. So I will not be distracted. There's not going to be a grave says, here lies Nikki. He was distracted. It's not going to happen. Was I diverted? Oh, talk to my wife after church. <laughs> but I, I, the epithet over my life is not he lived a diverted life. I did not live a diverted life. I lived a focused life. Somebody say praise the Lord. What, what is my confession? If I'm single-minded from above, it's I rebound from every fall. I rebound from every fall. I, too bad if you saw me when I was sprawled out on the ground in the middle of my mistake. That's your snapshot of me. You think that's what I am, but that's not me. Because I rebound from every fall. You might think, but heaven, heaven sees me standing on my feet. Heaven sees me standing on the rock. Heaven sees me standing in Jesus. Heaven doesn't remember all the times I was sprawled out on the ground, fallen on my face, because love commands me back to my feet. Hallelujah. I rebound from every fall. Why? Because I'm a professional Christian, not a recreational Christian. Hallelujah. And because I'm a professional Christian, I've inherited a completed work. And I'm presiding over Jesus' triumph in me. Jesus handed me not a work in progress. We refer to ourselves as a work in progress. But make no mistake about it. You are presiding over a work that's already finished. You're presiding over a work that is complete. You are, you are the heir of a triumph. The Lord only has one gear forward. He does not have a death gear he does not have a failure gear. He dealt with all of those on Calvary's cross. Those were the things that were laid on Jesus. He disposed of them. He stripped them from us, rose in complete and total victory. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you're reborn from above, the Holy Spirit in you relentlessly refuses to let you accept defeat at Satan's hand. Let me tell you where failures come from. Failures breed from the thoughts that slip through the space between your attitude of triumph and your willingness to be defeated. That's where failures come from. They're waiting for that gap. Close that gap. 
Close the gap between your attitude of triumph and your willingness to be defeated. Don't allow any space in there. Stop taking Satan's thoughts. Just because they come, you don't have to take them. Don't take them. And if you did take them, kick them out. Get rid of them. Because God's thought is consistent, streaming. It is eternal and endless. The devil's thoughts aren't eternal. Only Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. The Word of God is the Alpha and the Omega. The eternal thought that never deviates, never diverts, never changes is you are more than enough. And the greater one, the Bible says, dwells in you. So stop taking Satan's thoughts. Stop caring what the world thinks. Who cares what the world thinks? How many of you watched a little bit of the goings-on uh, um, in the House of Representatives this week as they were trying to? Um, yeah, of course. I did not stay glued to it. Um, it, it, it I could tell it was going to take a while, the process of, of voting in a speaker. And I was watching it, but you know, one of the things that caught my ear was that one of the Republicans who's voting for a speaker got up and he was just aggravated because it was taking so long and he didn't like the fact that they had the 20 who were holding out and, and uh, slowing up the process and everything. So he gets up and his rationale is, he says, let me tell you what they're saying about us out there. I thought, whoa, hold on. Who gives a rat's hiney about what they're saying out there? That's why you're in this mess. That's why you're in trouble. You're in trouble because you listen to what they're saying. You're in trouble because it matters to you what they say. Let me tell you something. They hate you and they hate your God. They hate your freedom and they hate your way of life. That's all you need to know. You don't need to listen to them. You don't need to pay any attention to them whatsoever. Forget about what they're saying. You need to get busy about what you're saying. Amen. I just sat there and talked to the TV for a few minutes. <laughs> I wanted that guy's phone number. I said, shut up. You're the problem. You've got the answer and you're the problem. Pay attention to the word that you have. Focus on that. Stop paying attention to the world. It doesn't matter. They're never going to like you. They're never going to love you. They've got nothing to add to you. Jesus has given you everything that you need. Hallelujah. In other words, agree with above. Agree with above. Stay single focused. In fact, 1 John 5, 7 says, And these are the three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, which is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. You know what I don't notice in there? I don't see Satan's thoughts. The Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit, and Satan's thoughts. I don't see the Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit, and the opinions of the world. I don't see any of that listed. So if it doesn't matter in heaven, it shouldn't matter to you and I. Come on, church. It's hallelujah. That was your amen opportunity. There may be another one coming up, so be ready. Acts 20 and verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those that are sanctified. And so God's word of grace builds us up. It focuses only on above, and it delivers to you, it gives to you the inheritance that Jesus has provided for you. The word of his grace needs to form our thoughts. That needs to be our focus. So when you've been given Jesus' gift of of his triumph over Satan um, so, so that it seals 
you. It seals your mind. Uh, it seals up that crack. It's the word of his grace so that those thoughts of defeat can't come in. Remember the words of his grace. Now I'm going to close this morning with this example from the Apostle Paul's life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 8 through 11, Paul had experienced countless. You want to, you want to read a story that's both at the same time tragic and triumphant. Paul led nearly the perfect Christian life. His life was filled with tragedy, and it was filled with triumph. Jesus himself, tragedy and triumph. The secret to life is triumphing through and over tragedy. Paul's life was filled with constant tragedy, to the point where he even admitted in 2 Corinthians he was ready to throw in the towel. Can you imagine that? The great apostle Paul, from whom all those words of victory and power came, said, I was ready to toss in the towel. I despaired of life. What was he saying? I was depressed. D.L. Moody, one of the greatest men of God in the 19th century, fought a battle his whole life with deep depression. And yet, of all the great evangelists of his time and in the 21st century, including Billy Graham, nobody had more success at not only leading people to Jesus, but his converts stayed saved. They said 80% of D.L. Moody's converts stayed converted. Most of the great evangelists of his time and of the 20th century were happy if they got 20% of their converts that actually got involved and committed church and followed their commitment to Jesus Christ. D.L. Moody lived his life in unbearable depression. Unbearable depression. Tragedy and triumph. Listen to me. Last week I talked about the cross. This week I'm talking about the triumph through the cross. Hallelujah. And that God wants our mind. He wants us to have a mind that is stuck on above. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jam a crowbar in that dial and don't turn it down. Hallelujah. It's full bore for Jesus. So Paul experienced constant opportunities to throw in the towel. And to settle for the thought that his hardships were evidence of his failure. Now there's where it gets difficult. When you start looking at constant hardship, you start looking at the fact they hate me everywhere I go. Before I even get to the town, they've heard about me and they decide they don't want to hear what I have to say. You begin to think, wow, I failed the Lord. My ministry is not successful. I'm wasting my time. I'm creating conflict everywhere I go. Paul was tempted to think, that he was off track, that he had missed the mark, that he should just quit. But instead, what did Paul do? He doubled down. He doubled down on the thought that the Holy Spirit kept pumping into his spirit. Keep going, be single-minded in your resolve, and operate from above. How do I know that this was happening in Paul? 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 11. I'm going to close with this. I am pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed. I'm perplexed, but not driven to despair. I'm hunted down, but never abandoned by God. I get knocked down, but I'm not destroyed. Through suffering in my body, continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus might also be seen in me. Yes, I live under constant danger of death because I serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in my dying body. Now there's a man who refused to say I give up. He refused to quit. 
no matter what life is saying to him and its impact even upon his body, he says, take your best shot. I'm already risen with Christ. I don't have to give up. I'm not giving up. And all the nasty, mean stuff, Satan, that you're throwing at me just reinforces my resolve that I'm going to fight back in the love of God. You can't have it. I know that what I have is real or you wouldn't be trying so hard. Somebody say amen. I know what I have is real. I know it's worth fighting for because you would leave me alone if it wasn't. So no matter what your circumstances are, refuse to change your mind. Stay focused above. Hallelujah. Close your Bible.